All right, all right, all right. Saturday set time. The spring is coming to an end, but there's still a little bit of life left in it. Two great group ones at Caulfield on Saturday. And we've got the standalone meeting up in Newcastle. The Hunter is the feature race. We're going to talk about all those races soon, but I just want to welcome you in King's Own Fizzer. Thank you. Today. We're a bit battered and bruised, aren't we? <laughs> I'm numb from all the pain. Yeah, we'll be right. We're going to talk a little bit about being battered and bruised later on. A little right. bit of housekeeping as usual. Our good friends from the Melbourne Racing Club, they've done it again. They've given us four, how do you say four, quadruple passes. Mm. Quads. To quads. Quad, quad passes to 1,000 Guineas Day on Saturday. So I'll put the link to the Ticker Tech checkout thing in the uh, description of this video. And if you want to take three mates to go to 1,000 Guineas Day on Saturday, hit the link, free tickets, bang, go there. When you're there, you need to play Wolf Den's Ultimate Warrior Saturday Star Competition, mm. $2,000 prize money. Play that on Saturday. Tonight, play Ultimate Warrior Greyhound God, $1,000 prize money. Tomorrow night, you can play the Friday night fill-up, $1,000 prize money again. They're great fun. They're great ways to engage with other people if you're home and you're bored, that kind of stuff. They're also a great way to try and improve your punning, put, put some ideas and thoughts um, into the competition and you've got nothing to lose. Um, that's about it. Housekeeping out of the way. I think today's going to be a short, sharp episode. Are you guys ready to talk feature racing? Sure. I'm ready. Go for it. We've got two group ones. We do. So let's start with the uh, Rupert Clark Stakes. So interesting about that race is that during the week, Racing Victoria announced that the All-Star Mile is no longer going to be decided by fan votes. Mm. I think Baggy Bet and their crew maybe changed it because they got one of their horses in. Um, last year, more power to them by doing that. Right. But I think right. the argument was that a few trainers what? don't like it because they don't have confidence that they can get their horse in. They want to know and then they'll set it for it. So they think it was affecting the field a little bit. Yep. And another interesting thing they announced is that there's going to be, I think it's seven win and you're in lead-up races. The first win and you're in lead-up races this Saturday with the Rupert Clark States. Okay. Yeah, 1,400 metres, Group 1. If you win this, you are in the All-Star Mile next March. Nice. Yep. Um, Moving on from that, what did you think of the race? Uh, mate, I found a bit of value. Uh, number two, IME. I liked in the Rupert Clark. It's also nominated for the Hunter. But I noticed there's no jockey for the Hunter, so I'm figuring it's racing in the Rupert Clark. Mm -hmm. uh, I had four overlays. Uh, IME, Bandersnatch as well, which is $21. It was a massive run in the last race. I think it was on Derby Day uh, where it ran second. I backed it 40 to 1 against the buy, sat wide on speed. It was it was the run of the day, I thought. Still 20 to 1, great price. Number six, the Inferno, which is 20, 20 to 1 as well. And number 14, General Bow, which is $26. So a bit of value for me in the Rupert Clark. Fizzer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a bit of value for me too. I'm, I'm um, number 15, Crosshaven, top pick. Um, should make its own own luck, push forward. Um, I've got Magic Time, second pick, which is hard in the market. So that's no value. But um, it's a good horse, Magic Time. So. They're my top two in that race. Excellent. Let's move to the 1,000 guineas. Um, group one, mm. three-year-old fillies, only 1,600 metres. Skybird's one of the favourites. I think when we cheered Skybird to win, that was the best scene from the Saturday sessions over the spring. You remember that? I do. Yeah, got up the fence at Mooney yeah. Valley, came from last and got the dream split, attacked the line hard. Yeah. Come on. Miracle. I wish it was sweeping right now. Yeah. We need momentum and we can't get oh. any. Oh, trying. Maybe. There it is. There. Now, now, now. Go. Momentum's so on, against us, though. She'd need to be so good. Is she so good? Over heels. Go. Go. Get up the Come on. Come on. Yeah. yeah. What a great ride. Yeah. Well done. Good horse. Yeah, so are we with her again? On yeah, Saturday? I'm with her again. I'm a little bit worried about 
the pace of the race. There's two other overlays for me which are on paces. Number 11, Ezra, which is $34. And number 12, Vibrant Sun, which is $21. I do have Skybird favourite. Uh, 420 currently in the market. I'm going to wait. I think that we will get better than uh, 420. I'm hoping that Skybird sits a bit closer than getting back to last from barrier two. Mm. I don't, it's really hard to make up ground at Caulfield from getting back to last. So uh, I'm hoping more sitting, singing midfield to slightly worse than midfield, but I'm with Skybird. Okay, Fizzer? Um, hard race, but race seven, number two, Coer Volante for me. It's about $4. I think it's equal favourite with Skybird. Yeah. Um, it's done nothing wrong. Very good horse and, and looks to still have upside. Yeah. And let's move to the feature race in Newcastle, the Hunter. Before yes. we start, let's just have a quick chat about Newcastle. Some good memories of Newcastle. You remember when we go to Newcastle mm. 25 years ago? Loved it. To the new two-day Newcastle Carnival, yeah. you'd, you'd work on the Wednesday, then you'd go out all Wednesday night. Yes, you wouldn't go to sleep, and then no. you'd go and yeah, new, swing Newcastle, the new market on the Wednesday, mm. and uh, Cup Day on the Thursday, and it was a real strong <laughs> ring up there, wasn't it? Yeah. A lot of fun, good times. But yeah, you remember you'd, on that Thursday, if you stand there, you'd just be so <laughs> tired know. and so hungover. <laughs> and yeah, do you remember Fizzer? Once we went there, and I think we were putting money on for Sean and Kings. Yes, yeah, so and I it was remember. the most hectic day ever. We completely lost control of things. Like busiest day. I think there'd be forty bookies would take the ring out on a horse, yeah. and then you come back and say back this horse and we were like, but we haven't even stopped backing that horse. Yeah, we were like, don't fucking worry, just bet. And Fizz <laughs> is there going like, what, It's what a lot of fuck? betting and yeah. I, I reckon when we settled at the end of the day, we said if we were within 50,000 of the day, <laughs> we just, we've done well. We just had no uh, idea, right? We had yeah, to put hands crazy. up and say we can't keep up with this. What a strong ring it was. Yeah, it was great betting. Some great memories at the Squid, Glenn, Squid Zinc as well. Squid Zinc with Warren Woodcock. Glenn Woodbridge was there. Who were some other big bookies there? Lloyd Merlihan. Um, Lloyd Merlihan. Lloyd, was, yes. Lloyd was there absolutely. in the early, in the early Jack, days. Uh, Jack Ashman. Yes, yes. He was yeah. a big Newcastle bookie. All the, all the big Sydney bookies used Mick to Sylvester, of course. Mick Sylvester, the great Mick Sylvester, mm. one of the best dressed bookies ever. Mm. Anyway, put that to the side. So, Fizzer, you think the race is impossible, yeah? Yeah, you can move to King straight away with this one. So you're out. Don't even bother talking to you. Yeah, no, no bet. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really hard as well. I thought far too easy was far too short at $6, going massively up in grade. I thought it was a double-figure um, chance. Yeah, back to IME. Um, will it run or not? Not sure. Uh, the other horse which I found, which is nominated as well for the Rupert Clark, was number 17, Military Expert, which I could back in either race sort of at, at, at big odds. Mm-hmm. Um, Marzu, I thought, had a good chance. Rustic Steel was a very slight overlay. And number 14, Opal Ridge. But I think it's hard. They're, they are overlays. They have real small overlays right in their price. I yeah, I want to see how the track's playing and it's a great and, race. And it's a great race. Yeah. It's a really really worth hard a race. Bucks. Mm. You know yeah. the Villiers in a few weeks' time is worth two million. I think it's been renamed yeah. the Ingham, but the you know the old oh, Villiers yeah, yeah, yeah. always have before Christmas. Yeah. It's, it's worth, worth two million. million bucks. And what would it say? I don't know. Five years ago, what would the Villiers have been worth? Three or four hundred thousand. Yeah, wow. Tops. I mean, it was it was only like ten years ago that Doncaster was with two, worth two million. Mm. You know? Like it's it's amazing. Yeah, through the roof. All right. Saturday set time. I saw that turnover figures in Victoria were down 10%. I read an article just over the carnival period, not for mm. the year, year, but mm. for this maybe the quarter or something like that, was, mm. were down 10%, which is a, quite a big drop. You'd have to think, like people say generally speaking, interest rates don't have an impact on gambling. But I think in, in today's gambling world they might because it's changed so much in, with the digital revolution. You've got so many people who love having their $20 multis on sports, bet, lab breaks, all that kind of stuff. And those are probably the... the, the the punters who maybe because of interest rates getting higher just maybe have to pull back a bit. Maybe, maybe. I still think it's a high percentage in the markets. People are losing their money sure, too quickly sure, sure, and sure. It, it just adds up. Yeah, yeah. Cool. 
Let's move on. Uh, you want to give us your set first? Yeah, well, mine's short and sharp this week because um, I found this weekend really hard. So I'm just sticking to two bets in Ascot for me. You look, you look a bit beaten up and downcast. Yeah, I've, I've had a holiday. I'm still buggered. Um, Ascot race one, number seven, Mountain Ash. Seven-day backup. Um, looks to dictate from the front, I think, and be very hard to go past. It's about 310 the tab put up. And race six, number seven, Ascot again. Duchess of Gossip. Pike on. Horse just knows how to win. It'll position up perfectly from gate one. Happy days. Go those two. That's we love it, a Duchess. You just, want to, you just want to get at least one win on the board. Well, and I had three rebuilding. last week, but they're yeah. all favourites. And yeah. then I had a few unlucky – or not unlucky seconds. I had a few seconds too. Yeah. Um, I did send out a few bets, but it, it ended up being a losing day for me. Three from 32 wasn't too bad. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> it's better than me. I was number you can four. Have, you can have a few throws at the <laughs> Yeah. All right, things, Zane. What have you got? Uh, I've got four. Mm-hmm. Four. Let's start at Caulfield. Race four, number 12, Miraval Rose, which uh, had a she had a great last start win at Kitten. She's drawn wide. I think she'll get across. The favourite in that race is very disappointing. Last night, start going down to Melbourne. Commemorative. Mm. Remember the big horse, Commemorative? Yes. Just hasn't really been delivering. So Commemorative is about 3.30 in the market at the moment, which I think is a little bit too short. So Miraval Rose is 5.50, which I think is good value. A couple at Morfittville, race three, number two, even sharper, uh, which I think is a place bet. It's about 10 to 1 in the win at the moment, probably about 350 or so the place. I like uh, even sharper for the place. It's going to go back from the wide barrier. Uh, Fitter will be coming down the middle and running on. Don't know if it can win. Have something to win, but have four times much a place. Ooh. Uh, my other tip there is race six, number one, long arm, which is an eight-year-old now. <clears throat> but he's fit and finally in its right grade, going from a benchmark 96 to a benchmark 78. So a massive drop down. He's been over in Melbourne and running fairly competitive races over there. So I think he's around the 250 at the moment. Uh, looks a good price to me. And my last one is at Newcastle, race six, number three, Sky Lab. Another horse which is fit, fit ready to peak, has been unsuited his last few starts off a slow, early tempos. So there's my four. Any guarantees? Any? any oh no, there's no guarantees. I'm okay. just, I just, I just we need just, to win. I just, just need to win. I don't care how I do it. I just need to win. But I think there are two winners there. Okay, let's talk about the subject of losing. Um, it's not the most fun subject, but it, it can be an interesting subject. So we were just sort of talking about Newcastle about 25 years ago, and that's when you started betting really, really big, right? Roughly. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Now in that 25 years, <coughs> I've sort of, you know, been punting in and around you quite closely and I've never seen you have a worse run than you've had in the last 10 days. <laughs> so how are you doing and is it consuming you? Like is it the first thing you think about when you wake up or do you? Yeah, but betting usually is the first thing that I think about <laughs> when I wake up and it's the first thing I think about when what I go about to like sleep. But mentally, no, nah, he takes care of that. So <laughs> it's all, yeah, no, it's all good. But mentally I've never been stronger. Okay. So how do I handle it? Uh, you're right. I don't think, I can't remember a run where I've lost more money in 10 days. It's just like I haven't bet bigger. I bet bigger on the cup. Mm. But in general, I haven't gone stupid, which gives me a bit of solace. I haven't done anything crazy and, mm. you know, backed Australia a dollar and one cents for 100,000 <laughs> in the middle of the night or anything. So I've been following my rules. I've been following my plan, um, which, you know, I can live with myself for that. So that yeah. that's fine. That That's all good. Um, so what do I do? I just – I go back – I need to be get better. So I I think of it as a positive in a way. Uh-huh. Now I need to get better. I'll go and do a lot more analysis work. I'll go and look for some more data. I'll try and improve my model. 
I'll go back and uh, analyze my results as well and see maybe are there market conditions or something that I'm not recognizing as well. Um, so I'll, tr- I'll, I'll try and get better. And also, why has it happened? Well, it's probably happened because I was winning a bit too much. Mm. I'd had a good run probably for like 18 months where I haven't had that dip that it's, I've now copped and am hopefully not in the middle of. I've come to the end of it. But we don't know. Maybe the next 10 days is going to be the same. So mm. then I need to sort of manage my bankroll as well that I don't sort of, you know, do anything crazy and, and have to pull right back. So I have reduced my bets in Hong Kong down a little bit as well by 25% just to just smooth things out and stabilise things, mm. which I don't like doing. But if you have a winning day and you haven't maybe won as much as you should, who cares? At least you've mm. had a winning day. Sometimes you've just got to break square rather than keep losing. When you go down, I'm in free fall at the moment. Mm. So I've just got to put the brakes on a, a little bit. And if I have another you know losing weekend, then I'll put the brakes on a little bit further to mm. the point and the other thing that you can also do, which I haven't done yet, but would be another step that I would do is reduce the number of bets that I'm having. Mm-hmm. So maybe my overlays on those small ones where I might be winning 2 3 4% aren't um, – they might be small losing bets now. So maybe I'm having too many bets. So I'll, you need to take the pressure, pressure off yourself a bit, even if that is taking a break. Taking a break sometimes – is a really smart thing to do. Just clear your head because mm. you got to. The, the number one thing that you can do when you're having a run like what I'm having is stay in the game. Yeah. If that means to stop for a while, well, that's what you got to do. Mm. Cool. And one last question: You just talked about Hong Kong then, and you you probably bet bigger on Hong Kong than you do on Australia. But what I want to do is give some context to everyone about how big the syndicates over, are over there. Like you've got mm. your Dr. Nick syndicate, you've got your, your Joko syndicate, you've got that Phoenix syndicate. There's probably other syndicates that mm. we don't even know about. This is a question without notice. But how much, in, how much bigger do you think that they bet um, than you do? So you could like – would they outlay 100 times what you do on a race or – Well, they're betting to win a certain – the reason why I bet bigger in Hong Kong – is because I don't affect my price. Whereas mm. here I can bet to win, let's call it, say, 30000 which I can get down, the money down without affecting my price. I, and to do that, I might take $7 and six fifty at the same time. Whereas that's another thing which I'd do if I, if I wasn't making money here and my percentage reduced right down, I'd just take the $7. I wouldn't be taking 7 and six fifty. Mm. So I'd reduce probably back to win 15 here, which I know I can get on at the top price. But And the reason why I bet bigger in hong kong is because it's all tote and there's Mm. you know five six million in the pool Mm. so how much bigger do they bet it just depends i could bet a lot bigger than than what i do so i've got my limits you know which are relative you know to my bank basically Mm. and how much i'm prepared to lose on a meeting but they the bigger syndicates basically be bet as big as they can i assume Mm. so if the pool's um five million they'd be betting to win x percent of that pool so they might bet to win I don't know, let's call it 2.5% because they don't want to affect their price too much either. Mm-hmm. If they're betting to win 2 let's call it 5%. So they're betting, they're betting to win 250000 mm. in the win and yeah. the money's going directly into the pool. Mm. So that's obviously reducing their edge right down. So yeah. probably, they, they bet to win a certain percentage of the pool. So how much bigger do they bet than me? Probably, probably I'd say five times bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can see like the pools, even the world pool, everyone said, oh, you know, everyone was so scared of the whirlpool in terms of, oh, things are going to pay overs. But those big syndicates were still smashing into horses like West Wind Blows. Mm. Uh, when Gold Trip beat it, it was it was on the whirlpool paying $10. Uh, 
with a $2 million pool and he got smashed into pay six seventy when the bookies were, I think, 10 into eight or something. Because so they'd be getting a big rebate, right? They'd be they're getting, getting, yeah, they're probably getting 10, upwards of 10% on that yeah. world pool. Hong Kong, they're probably, I'm guessing, they're probably getting 12%. Yeah. So they can smash, smash their horses down a lot further, but every, uh, all, all punters, syndicates or whoever, when they're betting big, it's a lot easier to bet small than bet big because you're affecting your price too much and the difference between getting $7 and six fifty might be the margin. Like they're not making huge percentage on turnover because they're betting so buddy big that they're yeah. reducing everything down so much. So they might be getting big commissions of 12. If they're getting commission of 14, then that just means they're betting bigger and they might still be making their, I don't know, what, let's call it 2 3 4% after commission on profit. Mm. It adds up when you're betting that big. Yeah. And the reason why they're so successful because they're betting the win, they're betting the place, yeah. they're betting the triple trios, they're betting every combination you can find. Yes. They're drilling down their edge to, you know, ones and two percents yeah. and they're doing it on every market in the world. Yes. So, But when you, when you talk about those exotics, when you combine all the exotic options in Hong Kong, those syndicates might be investing one to two million a race, right? Yeah. yeah. So when I say they're betting five times bigger than me, that's just, just in the in win. The win. Yeah, I yeah, bet yeah. win, I bet, I bet win, I bet Quinella. And I bet Quinella Place. Yeah. But they'd be betting oh, – Quinella, Quinella and Quinella Place are probably betting 10 or 20 times bigger than what I am. Yeah. They're drilling down and, you know, they've got the, – the, the mathematical skills from the people that they employ are just mm. off the charts yeah. and, you know, would you know, blow me out of the water basically. So you, you might invest thirty or 40000 on a race but it's, it's realistic to think that they might invest 50 times on that on a race. They might end up – I'd say, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. It's all just speculation. Yeah, I don't really know what what they'd invest, but across the across the board, they'd be probably, you know, I'd, I'd say they've, you know, it's in the hundreds of thousands, yeah. half a million maybe, depending. And Japan's even be like Japan blows Hong Kong out of the water. Yeah. Japan's like, I'm, I don't look at the pool size, but I think they're like ten times bigger than what Hong Kong are, and those big races have got like 20, 20 million in the pools. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether they. Like I'm talking about betting two and a half percent of the pool. I'm wondering whether they go full throttle in Japan as well. Yeah, probably yeah. do. Yeah, right. nothing's guaranteed. Like they've, they've they got big balls. Mm. I know everyone thinks oh they win, they get the rebates, they win. But no, nah, it's it's still just because you get rebates doesn't mean you win. You yeah. still got to beat that percentage oh, of sure. the eighteen. Like, and Japan don't have rebates. I don't think they get rebates in Japan. Isn't, that's incredible. They're just betting into because there's so much recreational money yeah. over there that that you know. And isn't isn't that where the syndicates make most of their money? Japan. I'm told, yeah, J- Japan, Hong Kong, and France. I, I believe, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, all right, not Australia anymore, unfortunately. Let's get those tote pools back up. Yeah, cool. Be great. All right, great Saturday set. Not much more to say. We Thank need you very much for your support. We need to win. Very crucial weekend coming up. Come hang out. Hang. Come hang out with us on the app. Up the Dan. See you next week. Think. Is this a bet you really want to place? For free and confidential support. Call the number on the screen or visit the website.